while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. Hi, besties. Surprise. <laughs> you're listening to 1420 WBSM. Maybe you're listening on 99.5 FM. Maybe you're listening on the WBSM app. Either way, thanks for listening. I'm going to be your host for tonight. I'm Jessica Machado. I have a little show on Saturdays called the Jessica Machado Show. Maybe you know it. I don't know. Sometimes you listen, sometimes you don't. Um, I was filling in for Marcus tonight. Chris also needed the night off to rest. I am very happy to be here. You know what I find really funny, you guys? Every single Saturday when my show is on from 1 to 4, it is raining, dreary, cold, snowing, dark outside. I'm looking out the window here at the studio. I see sun. I see, like, light reflecting off of leaves, budding on trees. I mean, if this were an hour or two earlier, I mean, this would put me in an amazing frame of mind as opposed to the mental burden of overcoming the dreariness that is every single Saturday. Ah, all right. Well, I'm super glad to be here. Uh, a little unprepared because I assumed Chris was going to be here and like he's like a legend. So I was just going to have him carry the show and I would just like make jokes. Um, <laughs> so uh, feel free to join in on the conversation or start your own. That's okay too. 508-996-0500. You can also send messages in the app chat. I think I get those too. Uh, maybe I I might not be able to respond. There's a new phone here. If you're a WBSM listener, I'm sure you've heard. If you listen to my show on Saturday, wow, I just, I hung up on so many people. It was a really sad <laughs> situation. The, the phone is off the receiver. And I think that's probably going to help. I don't know. I would call Tim Weisberg, but he's probably still relishing in his night with Tiffany in Boston last night. I'm going to play some Tiffany songs too today. Did he play any today if you were listening? I bet he did. He's probably still super enamored with her. This is like childhood crush. I have a childhood crush. It was Don Johnson from Miami Vice. And I don't know, but like a lot of trends come back from back in the day. Like bell bottoms are coming back right now to like, I guess a lot of women's happiness, we're, we're, we're not doing the, like the low rise jeans or the mom jeans anymore. We've got this great fit. Can, can men start dressing like Don Johnson did in Miami Vice? Please. I, I need it. I need the t-shirts with the suits and the colors and the pastels, the sherbets. Is it sherbet? Sorbet? Sherbet? <laughs> or with, a, with a, a bayou accent, as my friends call this down here, sherbet? I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Ooh, should I do this whole show in a Fall River accent? I would sound just like my twin sister, Titi. <laughs> Can you imagine living your whole life with a twin in the womb, nine months in the womb, sharing a bedroom until you turned 18? And one of us talks like she grew up on Columbia Street in Fall River, and then there's me. Well, sometimes you can't really hear it. But, but 
I don't know, I could try. I could try to do a whole show. How do I even do it? I don't even know how to do it. I don't even know how to do it. Fox News is, that sounds terrible. It's not, I can't even try it. Maybe I'll try. Um, yeah, Fox News is on here in the studio and we're going to talk about how Tucker Carlson got the ax. Maybe he left. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to find out. Um, anyway, as you know, I love starting my shows with the pledge. If anybody didn't listen to my show on Saturday, I filled in for Grace Curley last Friday. And I've been doing that occasionally to kind of get my feet wet because Grace is going on maternity leave. So I'm going to fill in over the summer for a week at a time and uh, flop weeks with Caroline Levitt um, from New Hampshire. And so I'll do a week. Caroline will do a week. And so I've been filling in here and there. And I said to the producer, Jared, over there, I said, I feel like I'm not being my authentic self. I'm kind of being a fraud. I start every single one of my shows with the pledge. I said, and it's like my good luck charm. I've been doing it for a long time at WBSM. And I said, and I just want to do it. But I forgot that they have like, well, first of all, that would not be true. I'd never forget that the camera is on me. I, I know at some point I'll get comfortable enough where I won't, but there's many times where I have to remind myself that there's a camera on me as opposed to here right now where I've got Skittles, I've got a drink. I've got stuff all over the place. I look like trash because nobody can see me. It doesn't matter. But over there, you kind of got to, you can't look like you look right now. But anyway, if I stood up, I'd go out of frame. And Jared was kind of like, yeah, I think you're going to go out of frame. I don't think that'd be a good idea. And I was just kind of like, mm, maybe, maybe we'll just do it anyway. Thankfully, I'm super short. It didn't matter. And I said the pledge and I'm going to do that from now on. And I got a really great message from someone. Wait, I'm going to read it. Hold on, I'm going to get it. Give me a second. Give me one minute to, to pull it up. I also have a slow Android phone. And now that I'm kind of like a little bit more out there with media and things, I think for the first time ever, I'm going to have to invest in an iPhone. And I, I'm, I'm not kidding. I have never had an iPhone. I don't know how to use them. I don't know anything about it. I know that's absolutely crazy to some of you. I just, I've never done it. But I feel like the, for the first time in my life, I think Android is like subpar, right? It's not great. And it's really stressing me out. And so I think I might have to upgrade and splurge. Um, but I get this great message from a listener. His name is Dennis Cook. He was listening to one of your personalities at WBSM, Jessica Machado. I'd like to relay to her something regarding the Pledge of Allegiance. I work at New York State Veterans Home at Oxford, New York. We say the pledge every day at 8 a.m. every day. It's enjoyable, very patriotic in my opinion, and thank you. So Dennis Cook, who is listening from New York, thank you for listening. Thanks for saying the pledge. Let's do that, shall we, besties? If you are at home, please stand. If you're driving, please drive responsibly. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty, and justice for all. Okay. And again, the number is 508-996-0500. Do I talk too fast? Sometimes I feel like I talk too fast. So I had a Red Bull. I'm like all jacked up. Normally this is like pre-sleepy time just so we're all on the same page. Usually I'm cooking right now. So usually it's cooking. And by the way, I, my husband knew I was working tonight. I went over the options for dinner. I said, there's this, this, and this. My, my daughter is at a friend's house. My 16, almost 17-year-old son said he wanted three bowls of cereal, <laughs> which is like standard. So I said to my husband, listen, you can have 
we had we went out. I'm going to tell you where we went for dinner on Saturday night too. We'll get to all the politicky stuff. Don't worry. But we went for dinner on Saturday, so we had leftovers. So I said, "There's my leftovers and your leftovers. So it's almost the same thing." I said, "So you can have that for dinner." But I forgot that I had offered it to my mom because <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to be home. Uh, and my husband just texted me with a sad face. Your mom ate the fish. <laughs> He's going to somebody go check on Jeff. <laughs> he just doesn't know what to do with himself. God bless him. I think I've just probably just, I don't know, like handled things in the kitchen too well for the past 10 years. But if there isn't something made for him, he's really like lost and he doesn't know what to do. So um, I may end up just sending him uh, food like pizza or something. He's not okay. Um, so I told my listeners on Saturday, and if you haven't, um, you can go back and listen to the show on WBSM.com or on the app, go to the Jess Machado show. Um, I was telling listeners I had been out for two weeks. I got sick. I hate to tell the story cause I feel like I'm one of those people, but I got a staph infection. I didn't know that's what it was, but I had a hunch it wasn't something normal. Went to the doctor right away, got it, you know, kind of took care of it really quickly, but then the antibiotics weren't working. And so I started feeling worse. I had a fever. And this was already after going to the hospital and staying a day and, and getting an IV and all of those things. Um, and so we kind of just like plateaued with the antibiotics. So they said, oh, we're just going to switch it to another one. It was the most casual, quickest change in anything. I'm sure it is done a thousand times a day. Okay, that antibiotic is not going to work. We're going to switch it to this one. Um, and so I went home with a new antibiotic. And from the very first dose that I took, I knew something was wrong. Um, but I, I, I was just like so determined to try it and see if it was going to like help the, the staph infection get better. And so... I took it even though I had a severe reaction to it. It started off pretty bad and it just got worse and worse and worse over a couple of days, um, which eventually landed me back in the hospital. And uh, <laughs> it was just a mess. It was a mess, but I was so determined. I was like, oh, wait, my ear is getting better. We're just going to stick with this. Didn't matter. I had a full-blown rash. Didn't matter. I couldn't swallow. <laughs> it's okay. We just didn't. Staph infections are scary things. I'm not kidding. I mean, everything you've heard about them is true. They're super fast. They're super dangerous. I had to have a CAT scan to make sure that it didn't go into my lymph nodes or up in my brain. Um, all the tales of like brain eating amoebas started running through my mind. And so I took it very seriously. But it really, really kicked my ass in a way that I have never experienced. So I said to my husband, oh, it was almost two weeks. And he was like, nope, it was 16 days. Like the guy was counting. He had like hash marks. <laughs> he couldn't deal with it anymore. He was all, all, all on his own. Um, but I feel so strong and so much better. So I'm really glad to be here. But during the time I was sick, we missed my anniversary. It was 10 years that my husband and I were celebrating Kind of a really crazy backstory to my husband and I getting married. Um, I had ended a relationship. I had lost my house in a foreclosure in our, our separation. Um, quit my job so I could stay home with my kids because I had been working crazy hours for you know three years. And it was just a real life change. And I took a big risk, kind of changing my whole life, never knowing like what the, the landscape was going to be. I just, you know, knew I needed a change, which is really hard to do when, you know, you're, um, you're, or you're a mom, you've got three kids, you're older, you know, no idea. Anyway, I met my husband um, through uh, my sister, 
he sent me a Facebook message the the night after I met him. I talked to him for a little bit. It was a Memorial Day party. Um, you know, talked to him for a little while. We were all by a fire. I got home and I got a, a message on Facebook from him and it said, um, <laughs> sup, S-U-P, sup, you're hot. But the letter U, the letter R, and then hot with two T's. Now, I'm not professionally trained to be a writer, but... I do care a little bit (laughs) about, you know, how you're writing. (laughs) And I instantly just deleted it. I didn't even respond. I looked at it and I was like, (laughs) no, Uh, and delete. And I mean, the the bar was set pretty low, you know what I mean? But uh, he couldn't write the word your um, hot properly. So I deleted him. Um, Fast forward to uh, July. I was at a store getting uh, stuff for a party. I was throwing a party at my new house I was renting and he was there and uh, I ran into him and I said, hey, you know, I'm having a party tomorrow night. You should come by. And I said, "Um, get the number from your friend and text me and I'll give you the address. And he was like, okay. I had no sooner left the store and got to my car and I got a text message from him and he said, I already had your number. What's the address? Showed up at my party. Uh, we had a great night and I went out to uh, dinner with him two nights later. We were, got in separate cars. We stopped at a stoplight on our way back to our respective homes. And I rolled down the window and I said, thanks. And he's like, I think we're going to get married. And I was like, yeah, me too. Um, and that was in July. Uh, we were engaged by October. Um, he moved in in October. We got engaged And then we decided to get married in the following April. So less than a year from the day that we met. Uh, We planned our wedding, super casual, nothing crazy. And uh, it was on a a Saturday. The wedding was supposed to be on a Saturday. (laughs) Supposed to be. It was supposed to be on a Saturday. And uh, five days before, Monday, Monday, my um, some members of my husband's family, um, mother and father-in-law, my mother and father-in-law called us over to the house and said, we want to sit down with you. We want to talk to you. They just were not on board with this. I'm older than my husband by nine years. My husband had just been recently divorced. He had, a, you know, a, a terrible divorce um, and custody stuff with his, his ex-wife and his son. I had three kids. Uh, that was big baggage. And uh, they sat us down and, and basically read off from literally a piece of paper, a list of reasons why we should um, not get married, including if we chose to put the wedding off for a couple of years, they would finance it for us. And it was just a terrible thing. You know, we were just like, it was really emotional. It was really sad. And I'm sure everybody's got, not everybody, but I'm sure a lot of people have stories where people weren't on board with this. So we left the house, we got outside to the car and my husband said, I think we should still get married, but we should cancel the wedding. And so over the next day we canceled the wedding and we eloped. And I think we knew that we were going to do it anyway. We were getting married that weekend, no matter what, whether it was with the family, whether it was with friends, whether we had a party, whether a wedding. So we canceled the wedding on the Saturday. We were able to go to the church Friday with just our kids and our photographer, my friend Bree, um, and we got married and uh, eloped. And then we sent the kids to their respective parents' um, houses and we took a road trip down to Atlantic City and had a great time. And that was 10 years ago. <laughs> Fun fact, Jeffrey, I only stayed married to you just to prove everybody wrong. <laughs> Actually, it's, I mean, honestly, it's got to be such a challenge to stay married to me. I am not the easiest person in the world, um, especially with all my politics. Um, 
but my husband lets me live my life and do whatever I want and never questions it, never asks, you know, you want to run for school committee again? Sure. Want to run for town planner? Sure. You want to go work for the Trump campaign? Sure. Whatever. All the guy cares about is that there's dinner on the table. That's it. (laughs) So happy anniversary to my husband, Jeffrey. I love you very much. All right, besties. Let's move on from this. How about we take our break? We come back. We're going to talk Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson in the Fall River accent. Um, Paul Haro, by the way, pictures from the um, not riot that took place last week uh, are available. I'm going to put them on my Twitter page. You can go there and you can see them. I'll post them right during the break. You can uh, find me at the Jessica Machado Show or Jess Machado Show on Twitter. Jess Machado Show on Twitter. I'm going to post those pictures right now. We're going to talk about it. No big deal. Looks great. Peaceful. Not a riot whatsoever. Let's take a break, besties. 508-996-0500. You are listening to South Coast Tonight. I'm just filling in for Marcus and Chris, and I'll be right back after this. You've been on my mind. I grow under every day. Lose myself in time. Just thinking of your face. God only knows why it's taken me so long to let my doubts go. You're the only one that I want. I don't know why I'm scared. All right, I've been That's here before. Adele. Hold on. Every feeling, every word, I've imagined it all. That's enough of that. Hi, besties. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm your fill-in host, Jess Machado. Also, by the way, fun fact: since I'm just going to be giving you all the facts about me, only one person in my life has ever called me Jesse. That's my grandma. She used to call me Jesse. I also had another nickname from my grandmother. <laughs> if my sisters are listening to this, or my cousin, even my mom, they know it was the bad seed. What did I do? What? I've always been this way. I can't help it. My grandmother used to call me the bad seed. She used to write it on my cards. To the bad seed. Love grandma. (laughs) I can't help it. Um, Guys, go to my Twitter account, please. Please. Just And if you don't have Twitter, it's fine. You can just go type in Google Twitter, Jess Machado Show. It's all right. You should get Twitter. But you can see the pictures from the riot, <laughs> straight up riot. You know what? You want to call it, you don't want to call it a riot. You want to call it, I don't know what you want to call it. But Paul Hero, I'm sorry, Paul Hero does not want to call it a riot. He said this was not considered a riot because there was damage and no violence. His message to inmates, according to News Talk 99.7, uh, 630 PRO. Please don't do that again. It's not going to go well. (laughs) Hold on a second. (laughs) Clown show. Clown show. Clown show. 
Are you listening out there, anybody? Are you a mom? Are you a dad? Do you have kids in your life? How is that going to work for you if you have a kid that throws a temper tantrum, throws their Legos all over the floor, and you walk over and you go, please don't do that again. It's not going to end well. (laughs) Dude, I'm just going to say this. And I... This is Marcus and Chris's show. And so I feel as if normally I would want to maintain the integrity and the style of South Coast tonight. But you know what? I I can't do that talking about this. I can't do that talking about Paul Harreau and the absolute sham of his campaign and what he is and what he, he said he was and what he said he was going to be. You know what? Actually, let's back it up. The dude, the guy didn't even lie. He just basically said what he thinks. He didn't need to really say or do anything. Let's, let's, let's clear the air about that. He didn't have to say or do anything. The guy literally could not run a campaign against Sheriff Hodgson based on anything that Sheriff, Sheriff Hodgson did wrong. He literally ran his campaign against the sheriff on things that happened to the sheriff and to the jail by other people, prisoners, COVID, what have you, um, and and try to exploit those circumstances and say that he could either prevent them or that they could have been prevented and that the sheriff, you know, uh, didn't deserve to remain sheriff after 25 years uh, because he couldn't prevent someone who wanted to off themselves or he couldn't prevent people from rioting during a COVID lockdown. This guy, all he had to do was just say it. And if you're a Democrat and you live in this state, all you have to do is just go to the, knock on the door. Hi, it's me. I'm a Democrat. Oh, Democrats calling in. Hi. Hi, I want to run for office. Okay, great. We have a book. It's like a blueprint. We're going to tell you exactly what to do. You don't have to really do debates. And Paul did, and it's fine or whatever. But um, you don't have to really do anything. We're going to show you. Uh, how to use the programs we put in place to help you win. One of those is like early voting and absentee ballots. You know, we did COVID and so we made this whole new system. Um, and so you just got to you got to work the absentee ballot. Uh, you, they, they basically just tell you what you need to do. They are pros at running campaigns. I openly admit this. The Democrats in this state know how to run campaigns. The Republicans are morons and they continue to keep their heads up their ass and they will never be proactive on any of these things. I think because they're somewhat elitist. They're too, there's no way the Democrats know more than us. There's no way that we're going to have to actually get our hands dirty and go knock on doors. There's no way we are going to embrace absentee ballots when we know absentee ballots are wrong and we should have never had them and COVID should have never happened. They're so stubborn that they're not going to listen. And all this time, the Dems are just running a clinic on us when it comes to elections. They don't even have to try. Democrats don't even have to debate anymore. Why risk it? In a time and age when it takes one second for you know a piece of a debate to go viral, like you know Mike Pence and the fly in his head, why risk it? You don't need to. You just go and do what they tell you to do. This is how it does. And Paul Haro is a fantastic campaigner. I saw somebody the other day, Arthur Hirsch. He's from New Bedford Light, right? Um, and Arthur spent a lot of time during the campaign around uh, Sheriff Hodgson. As a matter of fact, I will never forget uh, the sheriff was doing like these breakfasts and he came to Somerset. 
And so it's my town and I'm, I'm going to go. And so it was at the place where I go and have my breakfast all the time with my husband and the kids on the weekend. Uh, Sheriff was sitting down. Jonathan Darling was there. Um, I can't forget. Somebody else came down or whatever. And uh, there's this guy sitting there. And he's like monopolizing the sheriff and asking him all of these questions. And I'm like, Is, excuse me, who are you? And he's like, well, I'm Arthur. And I'm doing a piece for uh, New Bedford Light. And I was like, is this what this is supposed to be about? Like, I was super territorial about it. I was like, don't be here. Like, stop this. Um, and and so, thankfully, Arthur was kind enough to ignore my brash, is that the word, right word? Brash attitude um, and like, you know, uh, territorial stance about the sheriff and, and things. And, and we ended up having some pleasant conversations, but I ran into him the other day because I drove from Grace Curley show up in um, the studio up North. And I drove straight down because if I had any opportunity to stand in front of Paul Haro and laugh in his face uh, about the debacle that occurred last week, I was not going to miss it. Didn't matter. I had a whole day under my belt and didn't matter. It was school vacation and my kids were waiting for me to take them out for dinner. I was texting my husband. I'll be there soon. Ultimately, I, I didn't actually get to see Paul because he delayed the press conference, um, probably because he was crying about it or hugging the inmates, but um, I missed it. You know, I had to leave. But Arthur was there and um, we were, you know, talking and he said in his very deliberate, thoughtful manner, he said, you know, he said, I saw you at the standout the week or yeah, the week before the election, the one over in North Dartmouth, which was a very big standout for the sheriff, a huge showing. And he said, I saw you and I asked you, what do you think the results of the election are going to be? And I told him that I thought the sheriff was going to lose. And he said that really stuck with me. And I still to this day want to know what is it that you knew that nobody else knew? He said, because everybody I knew knew or thought they knew that the sheriff was going to be reelected. And I told him that I spent a lot of time talking to people within the mass GOP who understood that there was a real grasp on uh, absentee ballots, early voting by the Democrats, and we just we were behind and we we didn't we didn't know how to make that work for us. Um, and that feeling never left me. I, I, you know, towards the end that last week, I really just didn't see it happening. Um, I was not shocked on election night. Um, unfortunately, uh, I just knew, you know, and, and it's, it's stuck with me. Um, it's, it's a very difficult loss. Um, not politically, not professionally, personally. Um, see, I can't even talk about it without getting upset. The sheriff is the absolute best around, uh, probably in the country. Um, Bristol County deserved him. We do not deserve this clown that is running things. We do not deserve someone who has absolutely no idea what he's doing, thinking his Harvard degree is going to come in and that's going to have any leverage with people from the streets, people who are criminals, people who act like animals. And, and the people who are going to pay the price you and me and everybody else in Bristol County. Let me take this quick call. I think I know how to do this now. Hi, caller. Thanks for holding your next. Mm. Mm. Hi, caller. Can you hear me? Hi. Hello? Oh, epic. I can't figure this out. Hello? <laughs> Fail. Fail. Can't figure it out. No, I, no idea how to do it. Hello? Oh man, what a disaster. 
I don't think I can figure it out. Hello? Wow. <laughs> this is going to stink. I'm probably going to have to give you my cell phone number. Everybody can just call me on my phone and we can chat that way. Um, let's take a break then. Maybe I'll try to figure this out in the next minute or two. Jeez, Louise. Um, anyway. Uh, I would give you the number, but I'm not going to do that until I figure it out. We're going to keep talking about this. These pictures are absolute insanity from inside this prison. I actually can't believe it. Um, and, you know, the other thing, too, we'll get to this. Uh, this was not, uh, you know, a 15-minute affair or a one-minute affair. This is a whole workday, basically, um, of the prisoners having control. Um, no control uh, by the Bristol County Sheriff's Office. Um, and... Paul Harrow's message to the inmates there. Uh, please, please don't do that again. I'm Jess, and we'll be right back after this. 1420 WBSM, where freedom of speech lives. The voices in the night that cover the news of the day. I heard the voices too. Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. More of South Coast Tonight happens now on WBSM. Welcome back to the uh, South. I was going to say the Jess Michelle show. Sounds like it because I keep making making mistakes with the phones. Like, I'm going to try it again. Want to just try it again? Hi, caller. Can you hear me? Yeah, hi. Oh, hi. Hi, you're I'd live. I'd like, uh, like to throw in my two cents with uh, Hero. Okay. Um, with regard to the, the seven-hour standoff or sure. stand-down. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, one of the greatest assets he had he gave to New Bedford was the uh, command center. Mm -hmm. And he sure could have used him, but I guess he didn't really need to, mm. you know. But yeah. uh, it's nice to have a center of operations for communication and a, a riot. Yeah, it was definitely a riot. Did you see the pictures? I know what a riot is. I've been involved in riots. Well, you think this was a riot, right? Yeah, like yeah. in 1974, Washington, D.C., 75. When they were storming the Capitol steps, I was there with my baton and the whole shield and all that. But the thing is, and no, that wasn't a right here. It was a civil disturbance. Mm. Okay? So you can couch it any way you want to. And so that's what he's going to do. He's playing cover-up. He told you when he got elected, I'm here for six years, 12 at the most, and I'm sure. at the door. Right. I'm building a resume, so if I can break this down, this won't show up on my resume as a right. Right. So, uh, you know, I am in control. I am in charge. I am your leader for all men. <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And not, I didn't hear no anti-Semitic stuff out of him. <laughs> of course not. One. Of course not. So we don't know who the rioters were, et cetera. But the important thing to understand is he didn't have the command center. He didn't call for it. Yeah. The second thing is he had the dogs, attack dogs, and he had the men. The dogs are very expensive, and maintain, maintenance of the dogs, et cetera, is costly as well as the men who are knocking down an average of 90000 a year. Right. Um, that, uh, and, uh, the dog and the man, well over $100,000. He had those assets, and he didn't use them. He stood them down. Sure. Well, because he, he wanted to make sure you knew and I knew that we didn't need them. You know, we didn't need a growling dog. We didn't need that. 
I, I mean, I think this guy literally, you know, put us in a position where this went on for seven or eight hours because I think he thought he could talk to them about surrendering. Like, I think he literally thought he could do that. And he didn't. Ultimately, they had to use force to get in. I mean, these people are not, these are, these are criminals. They are not just going to come out and get a hug, far. you know? I'm going to go that far. Um, about 70% of them are waiting for a trial in a district court. Okay. I, I, district court. Yeah. Not, I mean, not superior. The real bad actors. Uh, it takes a lot to get to jail. We had this conversation on Saturday. We had a couple callers that no, gave me a real hard time. It does take a lot to get into jail. What are you talking about? I got experience on both sides of the law. Well, you did something to get in there. You know what I mean? Like, you just, it's, why are we making excuses for people? Like Who's making excuses? It is not easy you to got, go to you jail. Got, you got unelected judges who are going with what they want to do. When they, they don't like somebody, that one goes in the jail system for six months or whatever. It's all it's all political. It's all what you want to do with no repercussions or consequences. I was I went to jail and I was because the prosecutor suppressed uh, uh, exculpatory evidence, which means there was video of me being at certain stores in Massachusetts. I couldn't even been in the county that I was accused of. And that, that's with a timestamp on it and everything else. But they suppressed it and offered me 20 years in Concord. And I had the ACLU working with me. And I threw them a curveball. I took it. They said it was uh, two years to serve, 18 years parole, supervised parole. And I took it. And they almost fell on their asses because they were calling my bluff to get off the hook for the fact that they should have been disbarred. You did nothing wrong? What are you talking about? I wasn't even there. Well, it, it was like Trump. It's like the Trump uh, maniac syndrome. And this is what you're going to have now with the Democrats opposite. Flip Do you it. want me? OK, I know you Flip listen it. to the, the show all the time. Nothing wrong. Nobody did nothing wrong. Everything's That's not good. true. His he resume's no. fine. And the governor never said a word about he nothing. Definitely he definitely didn't do everything right. Okay. And but that's not what I called for. What I called is to back you up on something. Okay. All right. It's fine. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Okay. Thanks. There's 160 reps in the House. 132 of them are Democrats. Mm-hmm. So that means you got 25 Republicans, one unenrolled, and two vacant. Now, in the Senate, you've got 40 members, 37 Democrats, and three Republicans. Mm-hmm. Now, Republicans uh, uh, cover in the Senate 160,000 people. So basically, you got uh, three times 160,000 people being represented in the state of 7 million by the senators. You got 25 Republicans representing the state of 7 million people. So if you add it all up, you've got exactly 200 seats, okay? And uh, on uh, and 170 of them, if you put that on and roll it, 170 out of 200 Democrats. So you're really fighting shadows on the walls if you're trying to get anything done. Don't tell me Republicans are not electable. They just don't care because they live off of political action committees and phony straw dog governor runs. Okay. I mean, come on. You know, how are you going to start a fight with somebody when you're outnumbered? I mean, 132 to 25 in the in the House. I mean, that that's some serious business. I, you know, I, I can hold my own in a conversation about the mass GOP. I'm just not sure we want to go there tonight. 
You know, well, I don't care. I don't care if you can hold your own or not, because at the end of the day, it's still 25 Republicans in the House and three in the Senate. Yeah, because the candidates that the, the mass GOP has been putting up for the past few years are like Russell Protentis and Rayla Campbell. I mean, these are these people can't even Rayla Campbell beat the crap out of a teenage girl in a parking lot at a Trump rally. And, and she's running for office. This is a backed candidate by the mass GOP. I mean, Anybody else could potentially be a better candidate. It's, That's it's, right, and that and that turns away voters and it turns away participation. Knowing what you know about that candidate, that's enough to make you say, "Oh, poison, go away." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't. Okay, but it, well, I mean, listen, I, I maybe a year ago I didn't even understand the, what I understand now. This, there's a lot of work that needs to be done to get the Republicans back to a functioning party in this state. Now, well, you know what would help very much is if a Republican stood up in Bristol County, let alone the state, and said, I don't like what Monroe did. No Republican said nothing about anything, about how, how the riot was handled or anything else. Well, we are going to actually... one Republican went mm-hmm. to Martha's Bingett and said, if Deal won't speak, I will. Nobody well, did anything to attract members well, to the party. Let's, let's back, we'll back that up. I can tell you that I was filling in for Grace last Friday, and Sheriff Hodgson did come on the show. He was here on Barry's show, called in, and then he called into Grace's show, and he was talking about the situation in Dartmouth. Um, you know, listen, I, I agree, but I, I, I do feel... There are some Republicans in this state and in Bristol County that we need to just go away. These are not um, high-functioning Republicans. They are bad for the party. Uh, a lot of them are racist and bigots, right? And and they've been given a free pass to do that. so. They've been given a free pass to do so, honestly, because of Trump, who I love. But because of Trump's presidency, a lot of these people have been given a free pass. I've said this before. I'm going, and we're going to go way off off shoot here. But let me tell you something. No, no, you're making good sense. Uh, the, you know, uh, you know what? Ahead. One of the things that really gets me right is some of the far right Republicans who are in control of this party, right? want to literally make issues about abortion in the state of Massachusetts, right? First and foremost, I don't fight fights that I can't win. And you're never going to win that in this state. This is a blue state. You are I never going to outlaw, outlaw abortion. Number two, if you, you are a fight tr- fights that you can't win, it draws people into bad. I don't have up. time for that. That's I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time to fight things that I can't. I know when to cut my losses. I'm not going to go and stand around and divide my party over abortion, right? Because I'm going to tell you something. I don't want anybody telling me what to do with my body. How can you be a Republican or a conservative and say, no way is a government going to tell me to be vaccinated? No way are you going to tell me I have to wear a mask in public? Why should you, that same person, go and tell a woman she has to have a baby she doesn't want to? If you're a true conservative and you believe in liberty and your life and your rights to live your life the way you want, you should never be telling somebody what to do. Let me interject it. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%, but tell them man that if he doesn't take an experimental vaccine and hasn't been approved by no medical authorities in the world he loses his livelihood and his family i agree and it's all wrong but what i'm I'm trying to say is where's the republican standing up for that one i i I understand you i will tell you and caller i'm going to let you go because i'm going to end up taking a break thank you but i'll continue listening because you make wonderful points that are actually rooted in fact so thank you thank you bestie i appreciate you um someone had just sent me a message this is an opinion piece that was sent in. Um, I'm, I'm not sure where. This is a letter to the editor. It has been reported that there were no injuries to the rioters and none to the staff or responding officers. No dogs growling and intimidating the participants nor the incarcerated men who were not involved. 
Sheriff Paul Haro, who is an advocate of de-escalation techniques, set the tone and prevented an outcome that may have taken lives and caused serious injury. Not trying to sugarcoat the situation and minimize the damage caused by the ringleaders, the sheriff transparently announced the estimated cost of destruction of property. Haro also immediately explained that the removal of men from two units with the intention to improve the quality and safety of cells was the primary cause of this uprising. This is almost done. Keep listening. There is no excuse for the destructive and threatening response of the men who instigated or actively participated in this riot and who are now reassigned to other facilities in Massachusetts. The sheriff indicated that there will be an investigation and possible criminal charges brought against those involved. And the irony of the situation is not lost on Sheriff Haro. The reason for the removal was to remodel the cells to install individual toilets and newly crafted beds to reduce suicides. Haro repeatedly indicated that if elected, he would concentrate his attention on suicide reduction and safety and rehabilitation of the incarcerated, respect for his staff and the implementation of procedures for the de-escalation of situations as just occurred. Those are some of the mandated responsibilities of Massachusetts sheriffs and Paul Haro intends to abide by his commitments and to keep the public informed every step of the way. I just read that to you. We're going to take a break. I want you to think about who could potentially have written that. I think the answer is going to shock you. Stick around and I'll tell you right after the break. All right. Hi, besties. We're coming to the end of the first hour, which has just been... I I definitely don't have ADD, but I swear when I'm behind this microphone, my mind just goes to like a thousand different places. Uh, Just before the break, I read a very kind letter that was to the editor... I'm not sure exactly where this was um, sent, but it, the 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 letter was pro Sheriff Hero. Oh, I can't even say it. Pro Paul Hero, and this was penned by State Committee Woman Betty Usak. Betty, I have a problem. Um, and I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I know Betty listens occasionally on Saturdays. Uh, Maybe a month or so ago, Betty actually stopped here in the studio and, and introduced herself formally to me. Um, she is a state committee woman out of Dartmouth. I'm just a little confused, Betty. And feel free to call 508-996-0500. I think I figured the phone's out at this point. What are you doing uh, writing a pro-hero editorial letter to the editor? You are a state committee woman. Even if anything that Paul Haro did is right, you certainly don't need to go highlight it. Keep that to yourself. Um, because he is a uh, raging left Soros-backed Democrat who is going to uh, basically run right up the political ladder in this state. I'm not kidding you. Paul Haro isn't just going to go away. And the faster you all get your ra- your brain wrapped around that... The better. Listen, Sheriff Hodgson lost to this man, a man that does not want to be sheriff. He just wants to add this. He is addicted to conquests. He is addicted to his degrees. He's got like three master's degrees, a PhD. He is addicted to the. Once he maximized his education and he got absolutely everything that he could get, you, he's got a degree from Harvard for crying out loud, right? He's He just, that's what he did. He just went and got every single solitary thing that he could do. And then he started his political career and he was your state rep. And then when he was done with that, he looked at the next thing. What does he want to do? He wants to be mayor. Okay, and now I want to be mayor. 
And to be quite honest with you, I think some people, I was having a conversation with someone where they thought like this was backwards. You should have been mayor first and then state rep second. I don't agree with that. The step to sheriff was definitely mayor first, sheriff second. Can you, I, I, oh, I get so mad about this. Are you all not mad that this man took this away from, from Tom? just so he could get it under his belt as a conquest, as a rung in the ladder to continue to move. He is. He told you he doesn't want to be sheriff for life. We traded in a man that lived and breathed being the sheriff of this county for a man that does not give a crap about this job, who literally used the words, please don't do that again to the inmates who destroyed the prison and had control over it for two and a half, I mean, uh, for, uh, I wish two and a half, for seven, eight hours. This guy is all, he is a narcissist, an egotistical maniac. And he found a way to get all of that satisfaction by being a Democrat in the state of Massachusetts. It is a foolproof plan. He's running a clinic on us, but he's not successful. One suicide and one riot four months in. Love to see it. Love to see it. You better hope, you better hope none of these COs ever get hurt.